0: Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons Podcast, the jankiest, stankiest audio soiree in the West. I am George. You are. I thought you were going to swoop me off off my feet with, with, a, with a smooth, quick introduction of who you are. What's better than knowing who you are? In this existential
1: crisis of a world we live in, what is better than knowing who you are?
0: It's knowing what you are. I'm Liam. You're George. And
2: I'm quiet.
0: Hi, quiet. I'm dead. (laughs) And I'm out.
2: That sounded so (laughs) creepy. (laughs) Like you're in VR with, you know, like a Metal Gear Solid 5, you know. What are those anime games where you can pick models and shit? (laughs) You don't know what I'm talking about,
0: do you? Oh, I I have a suspicion I might. I was jerked into the VR zone last night. Jerked? and, And the night before. And... Unfortunately, though the connections inside of my VR device seem to be jerking themselves out of place, um, I'll, I'll, I might get into it later, unless unless you guys have have something else for us to start off with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Content on this show, I've done nothing but play Smash Brothers, <laughs> so I don't really know what. As typical and usual,
2: but you know. Liam, I've done the same thing. All I've you, done is play League of Legends.
1: Oh <laughs> my god.
2: I know, I know,
1: I know. Really? Wait, this is something I want to get into because this is interesting. How'd this happen?
2: Let's, let's bring it up later when maybe my roommate has... <laughs> well, mm. the, does your roommate
1: mm. listen to this podcast?
2: I hope not. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess... I know he, he doesn't because I mentioned like gaming to him at one point and I was like, Oh, you know, gamers are not just like basement dwelling nerds. And he was like, they aren't? And I'm like,
0: Oh Jesus Christ. I know, right? Right? I I I I would not have even opened that that can of worms. Like nowadays, these days in in the year 2019, Cyber Year 2020, zero, I just won't even say I'm a gamer anymore. <laughs> I leave that for the third date that's that's information that takes a while to to learn about me
2: <laughs> The third date so what what happens when you say it on the first date? I make mean, video I, games on, on uh, the, if
0: someone the, imagine if someone told you on the first date, how would you feel?
2: I would feel just fine. that's something that they're into. oh
0: my but god normal. oh yeah, look at you over there with your. Your normalness. I'm a, I'm a normal boy.
2: So, uh Liam, you yeah. got into playing one game again?
1: Well that's not I, like you at all? I honest <laughs> I mean playing more than zero games is to be honest a win for me. Smash Brothers has become more than it was. It's now like
0: a lifestyle. It's a
1: it's a lifestyle and a religion. It's like, a
0: lifestyle it's, game.
1: It's it is literally a lifestyle game. In the office now we have Six people who play every day, every lunchtime. If we have a spare minute, like, you know, we finish 30, 8 o'clock or whatever, before we go home, should play a couple of games of Smash. And then, lo and behold, two hours later, it's like 10 p.m., going home, having played Smash. Went and ate tacos on Tuesday, as always, and ate and drank until about 11, 11.30. Me and three other dudes are like, should we just go play Smash for like two hours as well? Came to my apartment and played Smash until like 2 a.m. in the morning. It has become a problem. And it's been happening for like six months now. And it won't stop. It's it's like an unquenchable beast. And one, I can't play any other games at lunchtime now because I've got to keep my game up. And two... I don't want to play any other game because Smash is so good. and it's become like a level where we're we're, we're all pretty good now, like pretty damn good. So it's really competitive and some of the matches is really fun, but goddamn, I'm still only playing one game that came out three years ago.
0: <laughs> I remember when the Nintendo switch was being rumored. And the idea of a portable little kickstand tablet console was being speculated. And I got super duper hyped that all the kids in the cafeteria could could h- huddle around the Smash table and play Smash on the go like that. But of course, no, I should have known that this would actually be for grown ass adults <laughs> doing it on, on and after their work shifts and in the office with other fellow adults. What was I thinking? It's just
1: so good. It's such a good game. I don't want to talk about it anymore because everybody will be upset. It's so good. It's not a fighting game, but I play it every day like uh, it's a fighting game. Uh, <laughs> oh god! Hey man, straight from the Sakurai's mouth. Like I don't know what I, you want me to tell you anymore. I don't know why you even listen to me. I'm honestly a problem. I but, feel but, like <laughs> I'm behind a problem.
2: But but they were up there accepting the award though, right? For best fighting game, right? Were they okay? Okay, so what he said? Oh no, sorry, but, but sorry, uh, but Mario Smash is Kart, not a fighting game. You can take Tour that award back.
1: Best Mario Kart Tour won best racing game. Do we count that as a race? This auto.
0: Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, like best
1: racing game at die at the Dice Awards.
0: Yeah, but are there actually? Pedantic people who will argue that Mario Kart's not a, a racing game, it's a no, party
1: game? No, Mario Kart Tour, like...
0: Oh, is, is that, like, cell phone spinoff?
1: That's the cell phone game, you know, with the auto-driving, no multiplayer, nothing.
0: That,
2: that's a racing game still.
0: God damn it. Even I feel a little dirty about that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now See, that you've clarified that it was the the... Shitty cell phone spinoff.
1: I'm winning you all over slowly.
0: <laughs> you're you're winning us over by having us lose our our faith and our happiness. I feel like our... I'm
1: I'm looking at Matt, and Matt is just like disappointed he even woke up this morning. <laughs> very
2: very. I'm looking up Mario Kart Tour right now just to see what what you're talking about.
1: I mean, it's obviously got
0: carts in it.
2: It's freaking racing.
0: I, I I remember people complaining about it on Twitter for two days, and then I completely shut that game out of my mind until just now. Like, a lot of, of cell phone controversy stuff just flies off me because it's, it's water on a I'm, duck's back I'm, anyways.
2: I, I mean, it's old, isn't it? Like, being mad about cell phone games. That was like a thing in like four years ago. <laughs> Apart from I was everybody a young man. who's
0: really angry about the Diablo I, game that I t- <laughs> that I talked about. I don't know if I'm mad about cell phone games, but it still kind of feels fills me with a big sadness. Like, they, they started out in a place that I believe could not have gone where they are today. The really, really creative, stellar examples of excellent cell phone games are something unique that would not have happened otherwise. But there's such gems in this market. They're mm-hmm. an incredibly small amount of the percentage that the industry turns out. I play a lot of mobile games these days
1: just because of the availability. I know. I fucking know. Okay. I know I'm a problem. <laughs>
0: but that's where the world's going like like it with the times grandpa i'm i'm gonna have to figure out how to play cell phone games too eventually i don't think there's any way you can compete with that long 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 time.
1: i don't know this, this it's like spell Tower last last week or the week before like it's just fun and it's right there in my hands
0: it's... oh i didn't know their uh Sayonara wild hearts run and um, that game was intended, or at least had its first release as a Apple mobile device. Like you, you did not have a normal controller. you're supposed to click and drag your character like an endless runner. And uh, I'm I'm wondering what that would be like to have have a little 45 minute playable album in your hands rather than on the screen if that, if that might add something to the experience, I bet it's a hell of a lot more technologically impressive on a small screen too. Were you so. playing with iOS
1: controls? Wait, you playing on Switch? No, right? I've I've been playing
0: the Switch port oh, for okay, it. Oh, okay, right, yeah,
1: because the iOS controls are absolutely garbage for that game. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Uh, but but I do want to redeem myself a little bit before we before this embeds itself, guys. I got a new PC. Yay! nice nobody could see matt's face lighten up and smile yeah
0: yeah there was it was a lot more body language than it was verbal language it was
1: the most action i've seen him in, in about three years <laughs> it's because you
0: haven't
2: had a face cam
1: <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> but how does it feel new, i got a new pc it's a pretty good one i didn't i didn't put it together but it was it is a custom built pc it's it's Pretty good. Can I and also, uh, in case people didn't know, I moved into a new apartment. I think we spoke a bit a little about that that last week, so apologies if my mic is still a little echoey because I don't own anything apart from maybe a brand new PC now. I own nothing. So I've had since I moved so when I was working at Rockstar before I moved to Japan, I spent my disposable income like a typical 20 young 20 something young chip off the old block and i bought a custom built pc and my first ever and i loved it but i only had it for like a year because then i was an idiot and i decided to move to a different country but for that one year i could do everything i ever wanted (laughs) because i had the power now since i moved to japan When I originally moved to Japan, Japan and PC gaming and building PCs was not very popular at all. But as George, I think you noticed as well, like in Akihabara and stuff, there is a ton of PC stores and stuff now. Like Razer has a shop there and everything. So PC gaming in Japan is becoming... Quite popular. Not
0: I wouldn't say it's super popular still, but it's 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 been real cool to watch that happen. Yeah. Like Steam nowadays is full of Japanese releases. Yeah, and ten years ago it was not.
1: <laughs> it's it's great. Like uh and that's awesome because it means of course more Japanese developers are working with PC and stuff like that. Anyway, so that was kind of not readily available. So buying equipment in Japan is either way expensive or just impossible. So I had a shitty laptop for ages that wasn't powerful enough to do anything. I barely able to put together this podcast as we've had so many trouble in the, in the past. And also I had crap internet as well because I was using the portable Wi-Fi stuff. Well, now I'm all settled down in Kyoto and all that is the dust is settling and, not, and the new apartment is rising. That comes with fiber optic
0: internet. Oh,
2: holy hell!
1: And now I have a new PC to with which I can use the full power
0: of fiber optic. You're gonna be, you're gonna be torrenting Crisis at this speed So, of sound. so yes.
1: So to break in my new PC and also test my new internet, <laughs> I downloaded three games last night. After I managed to get it working, because I didn't <laughs> just to see
0: how they run, just to the see Witcher how theory. they run,
1: and also to see how fast I can download things. So the first yeah, one I downloaded I was
0: Morrowind. Which was <laughs> <Morrowind. laughs>
1: It was uh, a short hike, uh, forty megabytes. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So the first game I downloaded was Descenders because that was like four gigs. Oh yeah. And I thought, shit, okay. Four gigs. So this is a looker, too. Real good is looking. This doable. One. And yeah, it should run pretty well. It took like two minutes to download. No. And I was oh, like, you bastard. this is the best. And then I ran it and it worked perfectly fine. And I was like, okay, okay, let's push the boundaries. So then I downloaded it because it's free on the Epic Store right now. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Okay. Because mm. it's free. Uh, I think today's like the last day as we're recording that. And and
0: I've, I've been wanting to get into that one myself, actually, if this one, this one hooks you, I could. could So I, I played
1: a little bit of it. I was liking it, but then I got into the combat, which I know is like a big feature of this game and it was absolutely garbage.
0: So I put it away. (laughs) Okay. never mind. I I know what you mean, dude. It's
1: so janky. I I don't, it doesn't feel good at all. I I was not jiving with that
0: deflate my enthusiasm yeah, yeah
1: but i felt like it was going in a good direction i kind of liked the setup and the characters felt quite genuine even though janky but then the combat was just like oh
2: ooh. it made it worse oh it's like playing those chivalry games
1: yeah.
0: yeah well yeah
1: it is it is kind of like a crappy version of the chivalry games yeah, yeah. Did,
0: did did it run okay though like so that's, it that's did. Real it ran
1: question. absolutely perfect, 60 uh, frames on high uh, and yes. everything. And I was amazed, but it was like 50 gigabytes, but I downloaded it in 20 minutes. Like <laughs> uh, I was so impressed that uh. then just to push the boundaries even further, I downloaded Destiny 2 because I'm also a scrub for playing Smash Brothers and Destiny 2. And I wanted to see, well, can I run Destiny in 60 frames per second and have a good time? 83 gigabytes. In 27 minutes, and then mm. I was playing Destiny Two for half an hour, and I did a mm. little patrol, and I was having the time of my life. <laughs> it's happening, boys! Your you, your boy, you, your boys, Con- uh, <laughs> your boys with the current.
0: He's with Consumption- the kids consumption is 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 a disease like like everything you've been describing to me i'm just like yep yep how does it feel Mm, it sure is nice that you're here and then you talk about your download speeds and my internal dialogue just like starts turning into stinging pain because i don't Mm -hmm. i I will never have that because that's something that it's like determined by by your area and we just got yeah comcast so
1: i don't what is the maximum speed that you are told that you can have Obviously, oh. it never hits that. Uh-huh. And it doesn't hit that for me either. So I'm supposedly meant to get a gigabyte per second. But I usually get about 400 to 500 megabytes a second instead. Sometimes at night, I'll hit about 900 megs, but I never actually hit a gigabit per second.
0: I have found that that your Steam download speed is a better benchmark than most and mine typically tend to top out at three megabytes per second but no if if i'm thinking of the unit right
1: yeah Uh, how do you measure internet i actually i'm gonna do a speed test right now
0: okay a 50 gigabyte download is something that i can't just knock away in 20 minutes like that sounds like the future magic to me when you say that like that's yeah. I have to slate a day out. I might go to bed before something like that finishes. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's usually sure. a hour, five-hour thing.
1: Yeah, usually something like that would take me, you know, fucking uh, ten days on portable Wi-Fi to ever download, and I would have capped my data at three gigabits per day, like oh, no. a thousand times over. But now it's just unbeatable. It's so good. It's probably not even the best. People are listening now probably laughing at me, but to me it was literally like
2: no, heaven. No, no. There's no way some people are laughing at you, let me tell you. Some people still got Spectrum and, and Comcast here. <laughs> okay, they're, they're still here.
0: How did you manage that too? Because I thought that Japanese internet in general was a slight notch lower than American internet, which is still is. not the best in the world at all by it, a margin. It is,
1: but... It depends. If you get lucky, you can get what is called the Hikari Flats uh, gigabit line. The, and it's called the Hayabusa line. It even has a cool name. <laughs> like the train. And that is, yeah, and that really does depend on your location. And thankfully, I'm living like quite in the center of Kyoto City. So I f- it seems like the construction has already been done here.
0: That's a, a hell of an upgrade, man. You've been living in this poverty I have. on this podcast for the past two years and and now, like oh. as as of this week, you've made new 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 PC, uh, a new a new apartment. You're you're in a totally different job than you were a year ago. Yeah,
1: I spent a hundred. Spent a lot of money on a, a sofa as well, like a real adult man.
0: Child. Oh, that's that's such a such a responsible concern to have.
1: Like you press a button and it flips up and the leg rest comes out and i can just recline back
0: and there's no way to have a console war argument over how much money you spent on a sofa but it's still like an alarming amount you got to commit to well that's the thing is like i feel i'm scared because
1: it's like well now i don't want to move anywhere why would i i have everything i've ever wanted because i'm a very simple (laughs) simple bastard I have a very comfortable sofa with which I can watch Spongebob Squarepants constantly (laughs) and now I can also sit and play any PC game I want really for now
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and download it within minutes. In in 10 years the the emulators will be coming out. (laughs) In 10 years. Wink, wink, Nudge nudge. That's usually about how long you gotta wait isn't it? Uh, sometime it was a little faster back in the day when uh, when when there was some. Is that what
2: you're waiting for, George? 2D...
0: Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I'll uh... <laughs> I'll I'll emulate. A play God some real war games? in ten years.
2: so finally play some real games.
0: What do you mean finally play some real games? Okay, well, well I, I f- could play I'm VR f- now. You you could play VR. You could play higher Not than sixty frames I per guess. second.
1: <laughs> anybody wants to send me a headset
2: <laughs> oh a short short thing talking about vr i showed someone who has never played vr or games doesn't know who sonic is what doesn't know who sonic is by the way sonic saw the, the
1: hedgehog
2: yeah saw the movie
1: are they a baby
2: yeah I, that's what
1: <laughs> i thought i
2: was like what is wrong with you
1: are they an alien
2: <laughs> yeah Yeah, yeah, it's it's rare. It's rare, and Super Hot was again something Mm -hmm. that they could totally connected with.
0: Just gotta say, Super Hot's Super Hot's the the killer app, isn't it?
2: I've been saying this for years. Super Hot, better in VR. The one of the best things you can show somebody. Fucking so good. So So this is it.
1: Is it as good as the Sonic movie? Because you know. (laughs) If they didn't know what Sonic was, uh,
2: um, I actually really liked Sonic.
0: We'll be talking about two. it after Liam gets a chance to see it. It's do you not know, out do you in what, Japan yet. Do you know yet. when it
1: comes out? Do you know when it comes out in Japan? Take a guess. Japan, the home of Sega.
0: I, I, I don't. It's anyone's guess. I guess. Uh, for, couple months to get the new voices installed
1: march 27th
0: a month and a a week that's weird dude it's so weird that the sonic the hedgehog movie is coming out in japan a month and some change later than the rest of the world the iconic globally recognizable uh a firestorm brand sonic character who apparently has been doing so not that hot lately that, that Matt has encountered people who've never known about Sonic. Matt, how did this person not know about Sonic?
2: I tried to find out, and not, I I couldn't. She, she just never, ever, ever, ever played a game. Nothing. Just read books. I guess a reader. A book reader instead.
0: I... I, that just seems less weird than not knowing who Sonic is. That's like not knowing who Homer Simpson is. You don't have to be a fan of the Simpsons to know, I know the archetypes well, of that's the archetypes. Well, it's weird because in Japan, they know Mario.
1: nobody knows who the Simpsons are.
2: Yeah, they know Mario. That's it.
1: Matt, is it really good? I think so.
2: I'll tell you this. When I walked out, all right, first of all, I was laughing right it's kitty. it's it's kiddy at sometimes but it's it's it has a blend between both for sure there are some jokes in there that are not for kids um i walked out and i was like wow i enjoyed that more than i enjoyed star wars by <laughs> a lot
0: that is your <laughs> defining thought <laughs> <laughs> oh god what kind of world do we live in
2: that that like I, like, thoroughly enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed myself watching Sonic. And then the movie ticket was, like, $15. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was expensive. But I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I wasted my money.
0: Is it better than Detective Pikachu? Oh, yeah. That's the big, big box office brawl.
2: If I'm having problems picking, that, I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I was just going to
1: say, honestly, if you're having issues yeah problems picking that is exciting
2: i think i think it was cleaner maybe no no there was a there was a point where where things were, were where something wasn't explained but is it like, because
1: I, of the big guy is it because of you know mr carey mr jim carey
2: no no jim jim carey did his thing it's it's been a while since i've seen him like that seen him be weird and it was he was exactly exactly as you remembered him the same way weird as hell just live action cartoon <laughs> but, character yeah live but, action cartoon character super weird but great weird. right yeah and there was a lot of like visual jokes um with him and his like um his uh, assistant as you call him like he was just alright with the abuse like it was it's it's there's some really good moments in that movie. I think I l- enjoyed Sonic better in terms of f- funniness more than I enjoyed Detective Pikachu. Detective yeah. Pikachu Pikachu has a lot of nostalgia, you know. It, it could win in, in that way, but like the jokes and stuff just landed more with Sonic, and it, and it could be because Jim Carrey was in it for sure. If Jim if Jim Carrey wasn't in it. It would have still been pretty decent if they picked another character because whoever played the male psychic? I can't remember. James Marsden. Yeah, he did pretty good. He did pretty good.
1: Is his name Donut Guy?
2: Donut Lord.
1: Donut Lord. Is that really his character's name? Is that you just, just what Sonic calls it? Just... <laughs> but
2: you
1: I have, have to, to wait to until March 27th. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. have been to America and returned in that time. I could maybe just get stoned and watch state in
2: America. <laughs> Is that why you come? You come to America just to get stoned? Is uh, that who's
1: asking? Who are you, the fucking visa police?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, wait, um, George, you haven't watched it.
0: Uh, no, I was gonna gonna hold back and and wait for liam i I saw parasite over the past week that was interesting
2: yes yes exactly interesting
0: right right i don't like i i i wasn't having the time of my life all the way through the movie but it was it was still it was still a good good fun time (laughs) i I heard a slap i heard a slap somewhere in the background did someone slap their forehead
2: (laughs) i think that was my my um my hand popping when I was.
0: Gone. It wasn't. It, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but I don't know what I was expecting. Now I don't know what genre you call it. Like, cause it's it's like a comedy, but it's also a horror, it's but only black for like comedy. the end. Yeah, black black, <laughs> very very black.
1: British people invented that shit.
0: <laughs> but yeah, what did uh, what, what what were you guys talking about last week when I had my headphones out? Now that I'm. Now that my ears are no longer virgin ears. I mean, I...
1: we don't want to tread, retread old Grant. What we want to hear is what you think and then mm-hmm. react to how you think.
0: Yeah. Um, I I, I, I thought it was Oof. a little hard to believe that, that there would be a guy locked up in the basement for that long and no one would have we noticed for like most of a decade.
1: Sonic. What's, what's Sonic got to do with this? Then you find a man living in a basement
0: unrealistic. Well, oh, uh, Parasite <laughs> has a much more realistic setting than Sonic the Hedgehog. It's it, it, when, when you're watching a movie about someone living in a David Cage house with very bad heating and air circulation, it still looks like a realistic enough situation that there would there
1: be... Are, we, there are plenty what, of stories of like... People living in people's attics and coming down to eat food and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: like Arrested Development. It's and,
1: terrifying. <laughs> and the Diary of Anne Frank. You Boy. got you got a
0: whole genre <laughs> to explore there, sure. But what I want to say <laughs> <so> is that <laughs> um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna unload a, a top secret George secret right right here on the podcast. Okay.
1: If, if you'll remember,
0: um, around last winter, I made a big 50 minute video on on media literacy. Right. It was- it was the longest video I'd ever done. And when I was making that video, I did not leave my room for two weeks. And I suffered a vitamin D deficiency that did put me in the hospital at some point. So when I was watching Parasite, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, where does this guy get his vitamin D from? I mean, he's pretty fucked up by the end. (laughs) Yeah, so his- 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 his symptoms must have been way worse than mine. I mean, I I was locked up for two weeks, and look at what happened to me. He's been in there for for what most of a decade. Yeah, the logistics of it just seemed a little. What about Old Boy? Uh, I never saw Old Boy, which was.
2: was... Oh my god, oh, Old Boy! Yeah. So am gruesome.
0: I, am I just shitting the bed right now? See, is Liam, this just not how you're supposed to watch Parasite? I
2: Liam, I that's how you end the movie,
1: Old Boy.
0: Yes, that is a how movie. you end it. That is how you make a movie. I really enjoy a movie? I really did like the ending of Parasite, like the downer with with that that flashback that makes you makes you get your hopes up a bit.
2: Uh, I I, I that's the worst part for me is the ending.
0: Ah.
2: Just his decision. I just don't get it. I just Okay.
0: Just, yeah.
1: Some someone someone had commented on the YouTube, the YouTubes that then to them it did feel like it was justified like the family looked down on Mr. Son's, uh, or whatever mm. his name is, the main guy, the or the dad's uh, family, multiple occasions, but it's so. Whilst I know what they're saying, it's so like subtle. It's so just like the idea fairies. of institutionalized. Um, class-based stereotypes like like it
0: was revenge on society rather than that one individual person
1: like, like the only one they can describe that makes me think oh okay maybe is the jessica like when jessica gets stabbed and then she falls over and then the rich dad runs in to get his kid and stuff but then i'm thinking well of course he would like yeah he wants to fucking protect his his child like over his like what art teacher like what come on of course he's gonna do that
2: yeah he wanted his keys or whatever like that like he didn't care about what what happened to them like i understand i i get that but they gave them a job like he he obviously did not hate them that much all he said is that they smelled bad like, come on. Like beats. You, you, what are you going to do? Like stab everyone who disses you? Like, come on.
0: Come on. Yeah, We'd I, have to I, stab
1: I, like a thousand people
0: a week. <laughs> yeah, there's I, a, there's a lot worse things
2: in the world some, than that.
0: Some of the social nuance and commentary didn't translate over. Another really stupid thought that I had was in the beginning when they um get their scam worked out and they have all of the old help fleshed out of the house and their new help, their whole family is hired in. And, and they go back home and huddle away and 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 secretly plan out the next clandestine move of of their scam. But the what I was thinking in the back of my head, like, huh. It it seems to me more like they had actually founded a business and it wasn't that bad whatever they were doing. Like like it was conniving and mischievous, but it was still like legal, I guess, from my perspective. I was like shrugging and being like, it seems like like they actually founded a successful business. Why do they think that's it's that bad? I mean they don't have their licenses and everything, but on the moral scheme of of, of bad things to do, it's there's, there's much worse.
1: I mean, if the the girl is learning English and the kid's behaving because now he has a babysitter who teaches his art and the driver's driving and the, the mother is cooking ramdon, that's fine,
0: right? The driver hands uh, the father a fancy business card and is like, this company is is super exclusive and, and and legitimate. And the whole while in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you more or less did fund a legitimate company with your family and got everyone hired doing something they're good at. Isn't that how it should work? Maybe that's actually the point.
1: <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, a, lo- a lot of it is about deception and lying to gullible people. Because they have money and they can throw money at the problems. I don't know. I feel like I understand and it sounds weird. And I don't know if it is true, but I do feel like from some sense I do understand it from an Asian point of view, because like having mm. taught in schools and stuff, I see it like a lot of poor kids. Like I George, you came and stayed with me in Okayama. Like it's not the most affluent of areas in Japan. Japan still has a real problem with people don't have money. They don't have money to buy clothes and stuff like that. They live in old houses that are falling apart. So like, there's a lot I can see in what I've seen here in Japan that translates to Korea and the class-based society there that Parasite describes.
0: Mm. Yeah. Another, another thing that I, I thought was weird was how much they love their, the rich family and and constantly shower them with compliments and, and appreciate them. And I feel like if they were Westerners, there would be more hostility in the relationship by, by default.
2: Man, it's like Americans are the worst workers.
0: I don't know, man. The French workers, they'll kidnap the boss and riot and have a revolution. <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, my PSVR is dying.
2: <laughs> Wait. That's,
0: n-
1: that's
0: not so very you- good.
1: Yeah, it's not very good, but you it sounded like it completely broke, but you got back to this like a couple yeah. of days later and you had you done the thing that most people would have done almost instantaneously, which is oh, I, I
0: I got I got details, I got details. Okay yeah. then, but you wiggled a cable. <laughs> it's more than wiggling a cable. <laughs> I I I was uh sitting down to to play some PSVR a few a few nights ago and I noticed everything turning into sand in the visor. Uh, There were some weird white beige colored pixels that were showing up. It was like a, um, a dead pixel effect, except screen wide, just a certain color would completely... Blank out into white until eventually the whole screen would gradually turn into white pixels. And while while my fun animated PlayStation wallpaper was moving, I would see this uh, pattern of pixels go in and out with the animation and till the whole screen would turn into white pixels and then just flicker out and it would uh, go in and out, depending on my head movements. And I thought it had broke. I, I was not able to get the picture back on. I did jiggle cables, I unplugged everything in and out, I checked on some guides It said that's always a good first step to take, and that did not fix the problem. A few days later, I decided to give it another go before putting a phone call in to send it back to the PSVR factory, and found a little box that's placed about four to five feet down the daisy chain of cables coming out of the headset, which is right around (laughs) freaking foot level. When you're standing up with the PSVR, this little box is going to be dangling around your ankles. If you're sitting down with the PSVR, this little box is going to be on the floor. And if you get in and out of your chair, it is liable to be under your foot when that happens. And I had, a, I have memories of doing that. I have stepped on that box before in the past. Squeezing the box and jiggling the box and shaking the box <laughs> is what would get the picture back in order. So now what I have to do until march 23rd rolls around and or and or i buy an index whichever first happens and i send it back to the factory until then i have to keep this box of cables like delicately balanced on a level surface outside of range (laughs) of any big movements i cannot jiggle this cable either so my psvr is dying because it's not a wireless vr set because they put a joint in the cable right at foot level like it's a little box that cables go in and out and and it is at a part in the chain that would naturally be under your foot like oh, I, don't, I don't mean to sound like an angry gamer or anything but this seems <laughs> like a design flaw you guys <laughs> Because other than that, it works fine. I can tell what's going on. There's some internal connection in that box that's uh, sliding out of place, and I'm probably not going to be able to fix it myself, and I'm probably going to have to send it back to the PSVR factory, and it's going to be like a $100 two-week-long process.
2: This is some first-date material, some good talking tips. You know? Be like, damn, my PSVR died. Tell
1: me just... about that. How does it make you feel?
2: No, I... you, do, you just go on a long tangent to them. On the first date, yeah, no, uh, no I, I, are you not aroused?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm a little bit aroused. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you. You know, you should try.
1: <laughs> it depends if you go full ninja on me, and you're like, "Don't tell me it's not important. Don't tell me it's not just the game, not just the VR headset. It's a way of life. Can you imagine if LeBron's headset had broken?
0: I I do have to admit that when it broke, I, I was a little morose and was like, ah, well, whatever. I'm going to get a new one anyway. Planned obsolescence. It's the economy. But when it sparked back to life, my heart came on fire and I was like, yes. <laughs> what were you trying I, to play anyway? Um, Ace Combat. I oh, was right, trying yeah. to play Ace Combat, which I did manage to go through after getting it fixed. Nice. Yeah, The the whole thing. As it turns out, it's only like an hour and a half.
2: Oh, I was about to, I was about to be very confused. You finishing a game in? Wow.
0: No, I have finished the VR content of Ace Combat 7, which is about an hour and a half. They give you four kind of medium length missions, 10 to 30 minutes each of roller coastering difficulty designed for VR gimmicks. And one of the things that you first notice when you launch out in this plane and, and glance around at your headset is that there's no way you'd be able to spot any other planes flying around in the sky. Oh. You, uh, yeah, the, the resolution's so low that a lot of your, your combat is done basically by AR markers and radars and other, other visual aids. So there's some set pieces in these missions that, um, have slick fighter planes that you go up against that will dodge your long-range missiles and require you to get in close and track them around with your head movements. And it's uh, it's, it's neat. It was fun. It was a satisfying proof of concept. And just underwhelming, though, in terms of its total scale and scope of a, an hour and a half of, of genre experiments that kind of sort of have been been done before and it's still not the full length like made for VR flight simulator quote unquote cinematic campaign that I was I was hoping for. They <laughs> they teleport you in and out of a plane with out a big fancy intro sequence. There's not much of a cockpit that you can really click around inside of there and the there's some landing sequences that they put you in at the end of missions that felt too easy, but still neat that they were in there. I can't say I'm unsatisfied, but I also can't say that my expectations were exceeded. It's just kind of met. It was fine. How is it
1: um, when you're, like, taking off and stuff? Supposedly that's, like, the factor.
0: Okay, there's some cool scenes uh, that they have um, planned during these takeoff sequences. Yeah, looking out the side of your plane and seeing the horizon, um... (laughs) Like steadily go out of line with your own frame of reference is always always a great stomach trip. But they had one fun scene planned where you're taking off from an airport in the middle of it getting bombed. (laughs) I don't know why why the bombers don't hit you, but for some reason you're flying out of this this landing strip that has other planes crash landing on it. And uh, all, all, all the enemy bullets just miss you. But I had a weird thought in the back of my head where I was just like, huh. It's it's this is like that Iraq war footage except from the other side.
1: Oh God! <laughs> I
0: I always I I always had a morbid curiosity what it looks like to be down there on the airport while it's getting bombed, rather than than in in, in the Call of Duty. Well, you remember the, the Call of Duty, the Modern Warfare one, the original one. To
1: sign up for this,
0: They're, and they they make it the big joke about it remember the death from above mission in in 2007 with the black and white camera and and you hear like the soldiers laughing in the background of this airship like it's it's a very dehumanizing experience and this weird introduction of one of the VR (laughs) levels of Ace Combat 7 shows you what it looks like from the other side (laughs) and it's like (laughs) I would
1: pay to watch a video of George going to the army for, for for training and then a mission and then coming back and comparing it to how VR works.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to say that that hasn't been, like, a kind of keeping-me-up-at-night, like, revenge journalism power fantasy. <laughs> what if
1: I do go to war?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if they still do it, but I totally remember back in, um... 2006, 2007, seeing photos from the military and from from journalists covering them of how the U.S. military was using Xbox 360 controllers for piloting bomb defusal robots and drones and stuff. Like, the metaphor has been stated many, many times. There's definitely something to look in there.
1: What? What? I mean, it's better. It's better than using like Ouya controllers because can you imagine how many oh. mistakes would be made if they had used like Ouya controllers?
2: Do you remember how hyped that was? You remember the yeah. Kickstarter or whatever they were on?
1: Kickstarter doesn't feel as old as it is, like the Ouya campaign and all that.
0: Yeah. Remember when when America's Army made America's Army, the (sighs) video game recruitment platform to try to get kids to join the military during the years the Iraq invasion was happening?
2: Yeah, I remember the cover. I remember the cover.
0: The, The game's big gimmick was that neither side looks like terrorists because no matter who you play, they'll always look like the good guys. And the irony of that completely sailed over everyone's head. Wow, we're old. I also finally got to play AstroBot uh, Oh, while, cute. While going what through PSVR stuff. It's fun. It's good. It's great and everything, but that game got some very, 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 very high review scores. And I'm wondering if that might have gotten my expectations too high going in. I remember when it launched out, both uh, the Japanese and Western reviewers were very, very complimentary. And there was one guy who I think did a comparison to Super Mario 64 that caused some some controversy and arguments over whether or not it's really a Super Mario 64 type moment. Yeah. Super Mario 64 from my memories growing up felt like a killer app defining how 3D games would work for for the next big chunk of that decade mm. and I think super hot VR has really been like what what is actually the analogous experience yeah. as as a VR killer app for how combat and motion and, and interfacing works in VR compared to to anything like Astrobot? Because as Astrobot as polished and clever and slick and well designed by the book as Astrobot is, it kind of feels like a lot of the gimmicks that we've previously seen in Moss and Lucky's Tale ramped up to eleven. Like Lucky's Tale was was a very basic proof of concept of a of a 3D platformer VR. I don't know if you played through Moss, Matt, but no. Moss is uh, a game that starts getting into the head movement gimmicks. Like you'll have to point your head at a reflection of the character walking through a different part of the level you can't see, or duck your head under a log to get a new vantage point. And Astrobot has a hell of a lot more of the latter. Astrobot has moments where you have to actually keep some good head coordination with enemies that you have to headbutt and dodge out of the way at the same time you're doing your platforming with your controller below it's it's cool it's cool stuff and everything but it still is being done with a regular controller on a uh on a little bit smaller of a scale that doesn't involve your whole body and if I'm if I'm strapping a kid into VR for the first time I'm gonna want to give them give them one of those experiences the full body experience if you will (laughs) Full body. Yeah, if if we're gonna be trying to capture the magic of VR gaming as Super Mario sixty four did for three D gaming, I imagine the controllers you're using are gonna be wands instead of a traditional game controller. Like,
2: can you can you imagine being able to kick someone in VR in Superhot? The super, just just kick the kick them with, now with foot tracking.
0: Foot tracking, yeah, yeah. That's, tracking. that's the next logical step, right after the the knuckle controllers that track your fingers. Now you can pick someone's nose in super hot. All we're missing is kicking someone in the butt in super hot. Right. Being
2: able to turn models around and smack other models with them. Oh, that would be so cool.
0: And make freaky people sculptures.
2: Yeah.
1: You could put stuff around your ankles, right? And yeah, and just. Uh, move
2: have done it here um in cali there's like a few places that have like full body vr by like doing stuff on the ankles and stuff
0: when you go to gdc you'll see some some stations that'll probably have something like that set up i've uh, i've strapped myself into a couple and it's always it's always a real interesting experience how those things barely work uh, yeah, barely. <laughs> at Gamescom, there was a VR treadmill I got myself into where, where you're, like, skating through through the environment. No kicking people in butts yet, but... Damn it! It, it really does seem like all you need is an IR sticker on, on a shoe. Uh, like a, f- a few IR stickers at that, but still IR stickers on a shoe.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can't be that difficult, considering, like, the quests, head tracking... <laughs> And positional tracking for where your base position is versus, you know, if you have the anklet AR reflective things underneath you and then all of a sudden they appear in front or behind you, you should be able to see, right?
2: Yeah, I I just just feel like it's much easier to mass produce a head thing than a body thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's body is different and that's just like... Asking for lots of returns and Yeah.
0: Like one thing I'm hoping for is a market for prescription replaceable lenses to become more affordable and normal. Cause yeah. I'd I'd be really interested in changing the lenses out so I wouldn't have to wear glasses in these headsets. Oh my gosh,
2: I, it would be lovely. I remember
0: there was speculation that that the yeah. Oculus DK two would ship out with that, but that's a feature that that it seems like they kind of forgot about cuz i guess it was more of a specialty item than original expectations might have ever seen but i'm still looking real looking forward to to the index and going through the pc vr content like uh custom songs in beat saber i want to <laughs> i want to um uh go through go through the dayman from from it's always sunny in beat saber and see if it works i really need to try <laughs> beat
2: saber already I know a lot of people like it, and I just never it's tried it.
1: So good! If you've got VR, why have you not played it?
2: I don't. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's I don't so care good. to. Like it seems hard to me. It's not hard. Oh
1: no! It's uh, it's just very good.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll give it a try. I get to try. It. You know, I've gotten so lazy ever since I've I've seen the Oculus. Um, have inside-out tracking, I'm like looking at my three sensors and I'm like, I don't want to set you up anymore. I just don't want to set you up.
0: (laughs) I'm hoping that that if I have a Valve Index and a PSVR, I'll be good for a decade. Because they did say that the PS5 would be backwards compatible with the PSVR, but I still... I... I'm, I'm pretty darn sure they'd put out new controllers at some point. And I'm like half sure that they'd want to put out a new headset because the resolution is pretty low on that headset. But still, I'm hoping that that's my strategy, is that, that this will be a kind of future-proofed setup.
2: Oh, it needs a refresh for sure.
0: Like, uh, it might, might be low-tech on the console side, but the PC side should hopefully be future-proof for a while when I when I get it.
1: Ooh, maybe with my new PC I could play Half-Life Alex.
2: Yeah, you should be able to 1060. <gasps> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you can run almost anything you want. Now, Ooh. I bet.
1: Dude,
0: probably but not. I, need,
2: probably
1: I need not the an index via headset though.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like you, you get get one of those Oculus. Uh, new. Um, I think the S is The The Rift S and the
0: Samsung Odyssey, I think, are your two best budget level purchases. No, not
2: Samsung. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself.
1: (laughs) I I would still probably buy a Quest.
2: (laughs) Well, well, I guess you can still plug it in. So do whatever you want. As long as you get something that's going to last. Because I feel like the Samsung, you're going to have issues. I feel like you're going to have issues with the Samsung. Unless they've solved the issues and now you can play anything you want. Like, can you go on the Oculus Store with the Samsung?
0: did an app for that, usually, in most cases. I remember there being an app for that when I was shopping around there, for this stuff. There was a hack for Vive. Right, right. That's not I really guess, how you want to do things. As I recall, there had been measures taken either by the industry or by fans to ensure some sort of cross compatibility between these platforms after certain steps were taken. But anyways, mm. I got one last weird piece of media for you guys that I've been I've been going through for the past week. Here we go. Our buckle up. I was about to say are you ready? I don't think anyone's ready for this. <laughs> um, Nobody knows
1: what this is.
0: It's uh The Histories by Herodotus. I'm reading through the Histories by Herodotus. Okay, The Histories by Herodotus is is supposed to be the first attempt at making a hard historical record in 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 history. Compared to to that earlier, you would have some official documentations and lineages of kings chiseled down on stone, but trying to decipher what was happening from the average every man's perspective was was something no one was bothering to record until presumably this guy and so as such it's full of a lot of uh romanticisms and inaccuracies and and straight up factual incorrectedness and in, and in, and some some fun scenarios but also a lot of uh fun examples of this guy's skepticism coming through in what was a very, very supernatural worldview. One thing that I think is really fascinating for me in particular as a big fan of games and and world building and and fantasy literature is how in Herodotus's day, immersive storytelling (laughs) and religion had very, very blurry lines between the two and to find a lot of, of very, very important ways in which these people spent their lives. Like, he traveled to Egypt and correctly deduced that the Greek gods were inspired by Egyptian gods, but that they have different origins in uh, these different regions he's visiting. And he doesn't elaborate, though, on what those origin stories are, because that's what you would have to go on a big, long voyage yourself and spend a hell of a lot of money in their respective environments to uh, to discover for your own self. So like like telling stories was how how they formed their worldview and also stimulated travel and trade and the development of culture itself and was not seen As a recreational, non-consequential, harmless act of entertainment for hundreds upon hundreds of more years after mass literacy and printing technology develops. Like hearing a cool story about your favorite local god was something you would save up money for years and go on a trip across the world to find out about. And you would not have heard it any other way because it would have been passed down orally to uh, increase its value that story
1: how how did herodotus compile such history whilst being one man with not even a bike
0: to carry Uh,
1: halfway across the world
0: i i i believe um that back in those days books were collections of scrolls so i'm imagining he would have had a big bag of scrolls on his back where he would uh, jot down notes and then toss another one in, and and perhaps go on his merry way with 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 the company of of, of escorts who uh, somehow facilitated his entrance and exits of his various destinations. And though he claims that he did all this traveling to to the various capitals of the day in in Egypt and Babylon, um apparently he he is like factually wrong <laughs> like if you uh stack it up to the archaeological evidence of what ancient babylon street plan looked like it does not look like how herodotus describes it which In my head, I like to visualize him asking people outside of town what it looked like on the inside and then coming back with the completed notes anyway to make it look like it wasn't a waste of time for all his traveling. (laughs) The
1: purpose is to prevent the traces of human events from being erased by time and to preserve the fame of the important and remarkable achievements produced by both Greeks and non-Greeks. Among the matters covered is, in particular, the cause of hostilities between Greeks (laughs) and non-Greeks.
0: Yeah, that's a, a very very long and very, very direct self-explanatory um, um first sentence. It's uh it's fun how these ancient writers will will really really ham up the timeless practice of saying in this next paragraph I will describe the following stuff.
1: <laughs> he's really trying to waffle like on his essay. He's got an essay due, and he's really just trying to cram in as many words, <laughs> waffling his way through.
0: Yeah as, as someone who who does a lot of translating I I imagine you can you can picture just how wonky the english that we're getting out of something like this would be compared to the the grace of what I'm sure was much more concise original script but yeah that's my that's my really Really dorky current history nerd trip that I'm going through. I have a version. of I am of amazed.
1: I am amazed. This has been like a fascination of yours for a solid two years since you played Assassin's Creed, Creed Odyssey. Yeah. And now, now you've been to Greece,
0: and and I I am reading through several ancient. You read the Iliad. You
1: made a video on it, and we're still here. At least. Once a
0: month. Well, Total Roy. Total Roy. Total Roy has yet to come out, and uh, neither does um, uh, uh, that Ubisoft adventure game. I I believe it was just called Heroes and Monsters, very very generic name. But I'm still, I'm still getting myself a little bit hyped for Total Roy, Total War Troy. (laughs) You said Roy about eight times <laughs> i know and i kind of just want to leave like, it at
1: that total roy total roy because i'm total just gonna roy. go here to party pretend, and pretend i know what that is me and matt are totally on board
0: with total roy gods and monsters that's 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 its name uh anyways yeah no, but, and roy. there's still there's still something something to get out of of going through the classics you know besides uh profound lessons about the beginnings of history <laughs>
2: i'm very confused yes. how 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 we. How did we talk about history
1: <laughs> just now?
0: <laughs> because it has to do with the magic of of stimulating your, your imagination for entertainment. Like, that turns out to actually be the, the purpose of life for hundreds of years for a lot of people in history. What do you dig more, history or video games? I mean, aren't video games the logical result of the historical oh my, processes? Oh, my God. Let me, re- <laughs> let me oh rephrase God. the question. Oh, yeah. my you- God. Uh, <laughs> Do you like history
1: more than video games right now? I. 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 Don't
0: I, Don't I, 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 I. Don't answer I that. I. I. Like going to the break!
1: Mario's trapped in a new adventure! He has new friends! He has new enemies! But will he save the princess? In Paper Mario!
2: Hello, hello, guys, and welcome back to, uh, um,. This this podcast that you're listening to.
0: This this <laughs> podcast that you're listening to tries to talk about the news every week, but there's... Sponsored
1: by the Greek Tourism Board.
0: <laughs> Which is funny because wasn't one of the first stories that I had when, when I was over there about how bad the poverty was getting? Yeah, now look at all of the tourism we're bringing
1: to Greece.
0: Spending money on things is generally good... That's 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 a, a very simple way of, of, of describing a complicated phenomena. But if you spend money on Greece, then there will be less poverty in Greece, right? Supposedly. If you spend money on video games, there will be more and better video games in the world, right? Such is the complex economic theory behind crowdfunding platforms such as Kickstarter, who recently hosted a wonderful 101 crowdfunding campaign by Platinum Games. To uh, get remastered versions of that game ported to the current-gen major platforms. It's kind of a weird, complicated situation because it's not a Kickstarter for a new game. It's a Kickstarter for new ports of an old game that may or may not be actually owned by Nintendo. No one actually knows because they didn't want to clarify in an interview how... How the, the licensing handoff process worked, but this is also more about establishing Platinum Games as, as a developer that can do their own self-publishing, more so than one that would rely on a publisher to try to get a deal like this through, which might technically make these wonderful 101 remasters that come out indie games?
1: I am in, I am in awe that one, you were able to segue from Greek tourism through to crowdfunding video games. Secondly, I actually don't know what to think about this uh, Kickstarter because on the one hand, I'm totally stoked for them. Why not? If they want to release it on a new platform and it costs money, but you know they don't have the spare capital to do that because it's risky because the first time The Wonderful One came out, nobody played it.
0: Well, it was on a platform that no one had that time, and this time it can come out on all the platforms everyone has.
1: Yeah, but... Is it good? (laughs) (gasps) This is actually one Platinum game I didn't enjoy that much.
0: Hmm.
1: I didn't like... I don't know if it's going to be different on Switch, but I didn't like the controls, and they really put me off.
0: They have you doing some drawing on the touchpad. If I recall, dwalling, dwalling, yes.
1: they do. They did I really say? Drawing.
0: Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I've just, I've just, I've, I've, my, my enthusiasm, the romance is, did I really say dwalling? <laughs> ah! um, only only the
1: listeners can go back and figure it out. But that, that tells you how stoked we are about this Kickstarter, the fact that we're focused on the word drawing.
2: <laughs> well, you, well, in other news, Death Stranding is going to have a uh, plane in it. So there you go. Really? <laughs> you retrieve a, a picture of a plane crashing.
0: Oh.
2: Behind Sam. Why do I even remember his name? God dang.
1: <laughs> Why is there a plane? Is it really a plane? It's is a plane. it April
0: Fools already?
2: There's a plane. There's planes in the background and there's a plane crashing. See the plane Well, planes well in the it background. could
0: be the the like war scenes where you're you're in the boss fight zone.
2: You sure? There's a lot of water. There's a lot of water. Usually there, there isn't a lot of water in those scenes. It looks like regular gameplay, but with with uh with those things.
0: Matt, yeah, I I don't I don't know what you're talking. Is this like a new trailer or something? No, oh, it's is it
2: Google, the Kojima's Twitter. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, okay. So it's a Kojima tweet. Mm-hmm. A, a Hideo underscore Kojima tweet. All right, I'm here. It is tweet zone. I'm just it's annoying George at this point. <laughs> okay, here we go. I see Sam running away from a crashing airplane. Is this what you're talking about, Matt? Hideo Kojima sure did indeed retweet a photo of Sam running away from a crashing plane and it looks it, there's barbed wire it could be a war zone no no
1: no no no. no if you, no no if you scroll down there is a video he posted earlier today where Sam is running away from a plane that crashes and he's in like a war zone
0: okay all right coming 2020 this could be a uh, teaser for the pc version
1: or dlc Wait, I, I we're watching this in real time, so it's probably not the best. I don't
0: I how how did this come up? Like
2: oh, I was just giving you a better topic, George. You know, you love Oh Death my god,
0: that's the whole point. How <laughs> Okay, Video Kojima you, was a little, to, a little teaser video, we're just trying to get to play it in it, and that's a way better topic than the Wonderful 101 Kickstarter, which a fan actually requested us to talk about, and oh. now we're talking about it, and oh. we can't even do that oh. right.
1: Oh, okay. oh. Do you guys want to play the Wonderful 101 on your Switch?
0: Well, because they have you do drawing and stuff on the Wii U pad, so I don't know how well it might work on other platforms.
1: Well, if they use the right thumbstick instead, which works way better and it did it in Okami as well, I think that would be great.
0: Oh, but, that was the trick.
1: Yeah. But like it got over like what? A million five million dollars already? Like, fair play. Like if that's what people want and you <laughs> know, they get be it.
0: Fine. Uh these these goals are really, really interesting. So this was a Kickstarter for ports. And so they have a very, by Kickstarter standards, $50,000 starter goal is not a lot. And that's just for a Switch port. For $250,000, they got a Steam port. For $500,000, they'll do a PS4 port. For $1 million, they're going to add a time attack mode. For $1.5 million, they're adding an extra mission. At $1.75 you get a soundtrack, which is weird because you can't bit from the anyways whatever it's it's a goal it's a goal it's there for the goal two million dollars is a second extra mission and they're on their way to get that so it's not just going to be a remaster of wonderful one-on-one there's going to be a couple extra missions in there as well i feel weird about this because i always feel really queasy and dirty whenever fan money is involved in the exchange and it also seems like the fan money is going to the studio in a more indirect way than usual. It's not necessarily funding development so much as funding these ports and remasters, which I guess still but, counts as development. But...
1: but of course it does. I right. mean, but it's not—it's not, it a, costs it's not a money new... to
0: ports.
2: But the game is there already.
1: The game but is that's there. that's not already. how making games works. I don't test me, Matthew. Oh, okay. Well, well, is... well,
2: I'm uh, obviously tell me like so are they going to have to redo it?
1: It depends on what engine they used right? I actually don't know what engine Wonderful 101 used but it seems like Platinum have both their own engine and also they use Mm. Unreal. I think they used Unreal for Nier Automata and it depends on what they're using for that right? But Bayonetta and Vanquish the double pack remaster thing came out yesterday for PS4 so they are obviously putting games left, right, and center to Steam and PC uh, and PS4, and they've done that for Vanquish, they've done it for Bayonetta, um, the Transformers game as well, and Nero Thomas. So they they know how much it costs to do mm. it. I I guess they're factoring in the, how much it costs in dev time to pay the people to do it inside of the studio, as well as it costs for the marketing on top of that for each different thing. But the most expensive thing out of all of that, and the reason why probably PS4 is the highest, is because like you have to go through certification, and you have to go through like TRC checks and all this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. like to submit to Sony on that kind of thing can cost like twenty thousand dollars every time. So because you've got to pay Sony a bunch of money for them to pay people to test your game for like two weeks, and you know it's a, it's a lot of money, and if you fail certification, which you always do first time round. You then have to pay more money again. So they're probably factoring in like what their highest average is is and that kind of thing. They're definitely probably covering their own ass a little bit.
2: Yeah.
0: One thing that I want to point out is the possibility of there being other investors involved with this process because based on your knowledge of game development and porting budgets, do you think $2 million would cover all of these platforms and all of I think this it would- game...
1: I think it would cover the porting, hands down. I mean, they probably added the extra stuff. It sounds to me like when you say stuff like extra mission and time attack mode, you're kind of just pulling out random shit out of your ass because you don't know what you can add. Because
0: <laughs> So it is it just there for the goal? Yeah.
1: It is there just there for the goal, like just in case. And I think they didn't expect, because it was so low, right? Like it was like 50,000. Yeah, the numbers
0: on that, this right? one feel low, but... We also don't know, like an insider would, if they are low. So
1: so that's the thing, right? It's like, well, I guess they just were hoping that they could make a port. And then they could be self-published on that, like yeah. they have done with a couple of other games. So they can make the full profit. You take the 50k and you... I mean, all of this is profit now to them, right? Apart from the dev time that they've got to do stuff now because they've got to add these extra missions and time attack modes, which I, I imagine will turn into something way sweeter and way cooler than what is just written down in text here once they've given it some thought. And the, the whatever 2 million they'll end up with in the end will probably be stretched because dev time costs a lot of money. But I hope... They just turn around the ports and bring them out as soon as possible, like they promised. Yeah, I I mean, it's good for them. They have money now to completely cover themselves in regards to this project. And every copy of it sold is just profit to them from, you know, factoring in how much the percentages Steam, PS, and Switch get
0: for. After the the popularization of of. Like the Igarashi Bloodstained Kickstarter, where the numbers were there to show fan support for investors, I just get a little leery sometimes when seeing numbers that low. Because these no, uh, these would be low numbers by the metrics of several other projects, but since they aren't making a new game and it's support of a pre existing game, I I imagine that changes the the scale of the numbers you're throwing around a bit.
1: Well, I imagine once Kamiya saw those numbers coming in, his brain was going a bit wild and was like, Whoa, with the extra mission, now what we can do is we can fucking make half of a campaign again and all that kind of stuff. Because that tends to happen and you outscope yourself and you realize, Oh, I have, I expected 50,000, but I now have fucking 20,000 times more than (laughs) whatever the hell is going on.
0: The other weird dynamic to this one is that it seems very, very more explicit that this Kickstarter is specifically for, like, super fans who consider themselves investors. Because that's what they did in
1: the first... They didn't. Like, you can't blame Platinum for having 2 million because people heard their call. I think they were smart and they were like, well, 50,000 is not a it's not a big goal on kickstarter for a you know a company like platinum so it's like well we want to give this game a second lease on life on the most popular platform in the world outside of the playstation 4 and we just need this amount to do it can you help us people who are really big fans of this game and well a lot of people own a Switch now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I wonder if they're taxed. Are they taxed at the end of the year? So, do you mean?
1: So Kickstarter wasn't in Japan for a while because of weird tax laws to do with Japan and stuff. But yeah, there is now some things about specifically Japanese mm. uh, addresses for Kickstarter. They are taxed in certain ways.
2: Yeah, because that could factor into the cost the taxes here oh. you know you get your check and you're like oh <laughs> that's right uncle Sam came in there
0: stole <laughs> some of my money
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tax, it's fine it's only like thirty percent and I'm sure it'll buy some very very nice bombers <laughs> Bom- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Um, let's talk
1: about better Switch games. Let's all go to a deserted island together. 30% of your wages. (laughs) Speaking of capitalism and wages, Animal Crossing Direct. Oh, yeah.
0: That thing that you know about. (laughs) I legitimately blanked. Capitalism,
1: Nintendo Switch, Thomas Nook,
0: Bells and Whistles,
1: Bells and Miles. Now, is it, very briefly, is it good? well, it looks good.
2: Wait, wait, it didn't come out yet? I thought it came out already.
0: Why is it taking March them so long 20th. to make an Animal Crossing game?
1: Why is it taking them so long to make
0: any game? <laughs> Animal Crossing games, they used to come out like every couple years. What's happening No, they here? didn't. Well, it
1: is coming out every, like, it's been like four years. Yeah, I
0: might just be out of the loop. Zero oh, ways. four years is a couple couples. So... <laughs> Okay, okay, I, yeah. I don't even
1: know I don't even know where to go from here. Anymore. We went from two thousand
0: one, two thousand five, two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, and then there's a big gap from New it's... Leaf to New Horizons, eight years, eight years between,
1: between But some games. people everybody who's played New Leaf is still playing New <laughs> Leaf. <laughs> 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 and they probably don't want to switch over too early. But you can, you can uh, transfer a lot of all of the stuff you've made in at New Leaf via a QR code in the Nintendo Switch app on your phone into your game on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I, I stand
0: corrected. <laughs> we were all playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp a couple years ago. That's, that's what was going on.
1: So oh, the game looks great. It looks like Animal Crossing. There's a lot of neat features in it like multiplayer online and eight players on one island or something i obviously it's not going to be as easy as that because nintendo make terrible online systems
0: Mm -hmm. was that real Um, time no i
1: I don't know they weren't very clear because
0: that would be fun to do like a stardew valley sort of setup but it does look good
1: and like i think about the switch and i think about portability and i think about just you know breaking out the switch for 10 minutes and like planting some trees and Fit in some furniture, and I'm and I'm excited again, but it comes out the same day as Doom Eternal. and then four days later.
2: That's not the same audience, though. That can't be the same audience. Am I wrong? I would. You'd be I I
1: surprised. I would, my I would Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, I would say the Venn diagram for this is way
0: bigger than you think.
2: Oh my god! Are you kidding me? That's I, insane. I, That's insane. I want to
0: play both. <laughs> Like, do you think that the Sonic movie had such a big box office hit just because of the kids it was intended for? No, you,
2: you know what I saw? I saw a lot of old farts like us going with their kids, okay? So they could bring their kids, but they're also going to have a good
1: time. Yeah. Dad, we don't want to watch fucking Sonic. We don't even know what it's it is. It's a movie. What <laughs> you fucking... It's a movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i oh my God. i just love how like uh, the 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 standard issue vanilla media preferences of our generation include liking both animal crossing and doom <laughs> like that's just normal to go from one to the other I, I have enjoyed the uh the doom
1: eternal uh twitter account posting on the animal crossing news updates <laughs> like <laughs> like when the direct was announced for uh The Animal Crossing one today, uh, the Doom account was immediately on it like, Will Isabelle be there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very adorable. So I'm reading that they have an in-game app that gamifies the game and creates a progression system. For what? Doom or Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing. This is is the Miles uh, that you're talking about.
1: No, this is like,
0: oh, wait. Is the Nook that miles app is essentially a collection of quests? When you do things like catch a certain number of fish or collect a specific amount of twigs. Oh, I miles. think that's just like
1: their XP kind of thing. Like you can have currency, but you also can have like XP, but
0: it's not directly XP. Instead, it's this miles thing. Gotta gotta have gotta have a checklist progression. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I don't know. But
1: it seems fine. It's it, it'll be good, I think. You know, it comes out at a very busy time, but as Matt says, the audience isn't the same. But I imagine the Venn diagram is rather large, so I I think it'll still sell.
2: I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know how you mess up a, a Animal Crossing game. Like, it's pretty basic. Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, oof. Pocket Camp.
0: Pocket <laughs> Camp. The shitty. The, the shitty cell phone spinoff. I I felt was a was a look into a dark future. Yeah. Where... Or your furniture has to charge up for an hour before you can sit on it for a microtransaction. Oh, dude, something.
2: I remember that. Well, I mean, they're not gonna put that in a Switch game. That's just like asking to, like, kill your, your game, right?
0: Stranger things have happened, friends.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like you can uh, build, well, you can dude, like build your nice. Earth now, like, like this yeah, is you probably can, like, gonna terraform. Be... Yeah. Your
1: entire island after a certain And point jump over season. stuff.
2: Apparently. I'm pretty sure you couldn't jump before. I I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: you could, you <laughs> That's you what could Animal Crossing needs, is a jump button and a and a QTE system.
2: Yeah, so like I, I think I think it'll be alright. I don't think I don't think we, don't we, think
0: we have a stuff. checklist progression system. We we will need a jump button yeah. and some iron sights. If it's Stardew Valley this...
2: If it's Stardew Valley and there's more stuff than the last one, and all the dialogue is cute, I think you're good. We need
0: some helicopter crash sequences. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Speaking of checklists, uh, this show has a checklist, and there's one final box.
0: If you would like to contribute to To our checklist, the checklist. Of, of stuff we go down, then send an email to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the stuff that we go down may, and who are we kidding, will pretty likely include your submitted question <laughs> or comment or suggestion or, or answer or complaint. <laughs> I don't mind either way. Uh, first up for this week, we have Alec just alec no last name no initial just alec alec says dear super best friend cast i recently saw the color out of space a new movie adaptation of a classic hp lovecraft story while i love the film and would easily recommend it i found in recent years it's harder to talk about hp lovecraft's work without bringing up how untiringly racist he was and how those views informed his fiction a topic which really sours any conversation my question to the sons and dads is one you probably talked about in the past, but what, in your opinion, separates a creator from creation, or do you think it's worthwhile to attempt to do so in the first place? Also, would be curious to know about any other media that you enjoy while disagreeing with and disliking its author. <sighs> uh... I, uh, mm-hmm. I,'ll I'll say that my views are com- complicated and inconclusive because they change drastically from when I was growing up to now.
1: Yes. And
0: when I was growing up, I was big into into HP Lovecraft and, and Orson Scott Card, but I feel like in those cases, the the media of a pre-digital world, is one where the harmful implications behind their messages is something that would have a much harder time reaching the youth than than in, in a post-social media world. I wonder if my opinion changed because the technology changed. And, and nowadays, if there's something really wonderful being made by someone who might have run a, a ring of pedophiles out of Hollywood studios it's a lot harder to enjoy than it would have before those people could have been using electronic communications to facilitate their crimes. (sighs) The, the, The time gap definitely makes it more palatable because that's also a technology gap too, in a way.
1: There are also some things I'm just realizing as time goes on. And I think this is the infinite loop of life is that people who were cool and who were respected have views of their time that now will sometimes feel outdated, whether that's your parents or your grandparents or like an older brother or an uncle or something, something they say that seemed perfectly fine or perfectly normal at some point in the past. Uh, is now not cool. And I feel that's the same for, like, writers and musicians and creators who are creating very personal stuff various periods of time. For example, like, I really like James Bond and Ian Fleming is oh. was a massive <laughs> racist. And if
0: you go watch Dr. No, like, James Bond didn't used to, to win over and seduce the women. He would just straight up rape them
1: yeah and you know it's it's a case of whether or not Ian Fleming I mean he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang so he obviously has some kind heart in him but at the same time by
0: 2020 standards he's a
1: huge racist right oh man
0: but, watching James Bond movies gets so weird after after you see the rapey ones yeah he's
1: you know he's uh, he he's a product of his time and it's it, it's, it is hard because in that instance you you kind of just have to separate the creator from the art because it's like well he's been dead for a very long t- it's like thinking it's almost like george in his history like reading about some roman emperor who you're like ah this guy seems cool but he murdered like 50 children
0: <laughs> yeah. in gladiatorial combat right and and even though it can oftentimes be boiled down to being a product of her time Times have changed. Technology has changed, and now we have a case of like something like Notch making Minecraft, where we all love Minecraft, but we'll shit talk Notch whenever it comes up. Like it's like yeah. it's like that's the padding that puts the distance in there now. Whereas with Lovecraft, like you can look back and think about how oh, um, a lot of archaeological discoveries were being made. There was a horrific world war. Uh, uh, for, for better or for worse, powerful colonial empires of white people were suddenly really terrified that they weren't, that the world was way older than them and that their ways might not be as stable as they thought. And that informs a lot of the racist undertones of Lovecraft's work in a way that's kind of harder to distinguish because we don't have that retrospect in that history when trying to figure out if Notch is ultimately going to be remembered better or worse than Minecraft.
1: Yeah. Like... It's very complicated. It is not black and white. It is very much gray. Yeah, And it is such a complicated issue because it depends on where you are in the world and like what is true for how a Brazilian person feels versus a Japanese person versus a British person versus like an Ethiopian person. Their levels of tolerance and the levels of culture and if the product of what they create comes out of those cultures and then it offends some people in other cultures... It's like South Park, right? It's like South Park event offends quite a broad spectrum of and people. South Park comes from,
0: feel- a, comes from a place of safety. <laughs> like exactly, like right. they made that during a moment in history where it was safe to offend everyone else and they could get away with it.
1: Yeah, and like, uh, you know, Matt Stone. Is it Matt Stone, Trey Parker? Trey Parker, yeah, right. Trey Stone, Matt Parker, whatever. <laughs> um, you know those guys seem pretty cool right it's like i I haven't heard anything untowardly terrible about them especially i mean you would hear it in this terrible world of cancel culture yeah if
0: if that's the kind of sense of humor and social aura that they carry themselves with i doubt i'd get along with them
1: yeah so that's the thing right but it's like South Park's still pretty funny, <laughs> and it, it, it is complicated. It's, it's it's complicated. Yeah, it's incredibly complicated.
2: Yeah, it's like um when I was young, I read uh, Ender's Game and and enjoyed it, and then yeah. Orson Scott Card,
1: massive film of both. Yeah,
2: yeah. Then you just feel weird about it. It's like, hey, man, should I see? Should I even see the movie? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I tend to separate the author. I we definitely. I, I think I'm the one who talked about it before, um because the games. I mean, let's let's take video games like what thousands of people work on this stuff you think all these people are good people yes none of these yeah. uh, no no there's yeah. no way in hell as recent
0: reports have revealed the people making video games you like may turn out to be shit yeah i mean you hear it and all also, the like, time imagine
1: imagine if and this is a problem as well imagine if hideo kojima came out tomorrow and was like hey man Fucking gay people, I hate those guys. It's disgusting. Yet you'd have ninety like nine other people at Kudrima Projections who maybe don't feel that way, mm-hmm. who have worked for like four years yeah. on something, who now their product is basically canceled.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. One thing that is very tricky is how auteur theory would fold into all of that. Because if a game can be made by thousands of people and and it's possible for the influential the, the influence of the individual to be like anonymized and like lost in the crowd and all that, you also have to wonder if that means that the product just ends up representing the darkest parts of the psyche of 1000 different people instead of just the darkest parts of just one person. Like, that's well, how that's yeah, how I wonder if, know. if uh like. Maybe that's the difference between Death Stranding and Call of Duty. Death Stranding is the product of the darkest parts of one person's psyche, and Call of Duty is the product of, like, a whole nationalist, paranoid, U.S. military defense budget's worth of people. Oh. Anyways, we should move on before before I go crazy. It's
1: it's something we're going to be discussing forever. Like, we are always going to be discussing, because, like, music you like now, like, for example, like, rap music that is about, like, Shooting gang Mm. members and stuff like that is like, who knows, in 20 years time where even the mention of murder in a song could be considered in the court of law as a a, a a murder attempt or something. Who knows, right? You just never fucking know. And
2: you know that most of them don't even gangbang. It's just like it's just like that just hype music. Bang bang. It's yeah. it makes it yeah. gives you that 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 like beast mode that you need in a gym or whatever like that. Like it's just it's just that type of music. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Have you guys ever seen a movie called uh, CB Four? I believe is the name. So hmm. it's a. It's a early nineties mockumentary about like early rap and hip hop during, during the days of NWA and Eazy-E. And the character is this like hyper privileged, mild mannered student boy who puts on a character of a, of a, of a horrible gangster for the rap music. And (laughs) it's, it's a whole side of the debate that I never would have even been aware as, as a kid in the early nineties, who, who, didn't know the difference between the the, what was character and what was real they
2: capitalize on that 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 energy of like you hearing about popping caps and all that and you're like yeah yeah fuck them (laughs) you're like oh (laughs) that's what they capitalize on you know and yeah games do it huh games do it too is exactly games do it too
0: next question before i go crazy again Cola O says what are some of your favorite game sequels in particular second installments in a franchise and what makes a great sequel nice and easy
1: is it easy <laughs> yes
0: i want to say that i love it when a sequel doesn't actually look that much or play that much like the original i love it when a sequel switches out engines or assets for something that feels like a generational leap, I love knowing that I can make a whole generation with with what I enjoyed earlier, and still come out with with new things to explore that feel like the old. I miss that. Like yeah. I, I don't like a, a expansion a, a pack expansion pack sequel. Yeah, <laughs> expansion pack sequels have always felt kind yeah. of underwhelming. Extra uh, going from and we
1: get less and less of that.
0: Yeah, but... like like going going from Hotline Miami one to Hotline Miami two was a little underwhelming, even though. I think I am one of the weirdos who liked Hotline Miami 2 more than one.
2: Mm, the Hotline Miami 2 was so...
0: Yeah, I know. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo.
2: It was hard, man. And I, dude, at the time, dude. I just did not feel like getting thrashed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember not finishing that game. Yeah, I didn't oh, finish it either. I,
0: I kind of wish there was more of a difference in the look and feel going from Bayonetta 1 to Bayonetta 2.
1: Oh, there's so much in, in spectacle, I think that's different between those two, which I think is really important. There's a lot of animation stuff in Bayonetta 2 as well that really stands out to me, but then that's just me. Does indirect sequels count? Like spiritual
0: like example?
1: Uh FTL into the breach?
0: Okay. Yeah. I Because I
1: really like I really like studios who make a game and then make a game very similar in its Essence and sometimes it's you know series, um, like the Steam World game. So you got Steam World Dig, Steam World Dig 2, but then you have like Steam World Quest, which is like a card battling game Mm. that's different to a 2D platformer, yet it's still the same series, but it's a completely different way to play the game. And it's,
0: I love, I really like that. I think for the sake of the question though, it should have a two in the title, okay because mm. like Mario like,
1: Galaxy 2.
0: Yeah, going from Mario Galaxy 1 to 2 is is probably less of a leap than it was going from Metal Gear Solid 1 to 2. Yeah. Link to the past 2, which is Breath of the Wild.
2: I think I think <laughs> I think we have stopped progressing. That's why it's just the same thing. Oh, it's it looks more real now. You know, that's pretty much where we're at. You know. The next leap is VR. What?
1: I don't think I don't think we stop progressing but I definitely think we make less and less sequels like traditional well, sequels.
2: Well, we're not going from 2D to 3D anymore. We're not we're not going from God. pixelated to like full models anymore. The, the, we're not the doing the MGS1
0: to 2 leap is something it's ridiculous. that may never happen again. Yeah.
2: Fallout 2 to Fallout 3 is ridiculous. You know, like that, there's a lot of that's that's what I think that's what George is talking about. You know, we're not, yeah, like there's gonna,
0: (laughs) you know, Uh, this is this is so funny. Half Life 1 to Half Life 2, and and Mm -hmm. it's been 20 almost 20 years to go from Half Life 2 to Half Life Alex. And that's not that's not a number, that's not a sequel, it's what beyond the scope of the question, but and
2: and it's way different completely. The the
0: jump from Half Life 1 to Half Life 2 is still a way bigger jump than what you get from sequels nowadays, yeah. I'd, I I'd almost rather play a spinoff than a sequel if it's going to be an expansion pack sequel.
2: Mm. Yeah, like Fallout Three and New Vegas, they're basically yeah, yeah, the exactly. same freaking game. You know, it's just one is better than the other. New Vegas. They could
0: have called <laughs> Fallout New Vegas Fallout Four. So
1: they're not the same then, <laughs> because one is better than the other. Well, no, no, like they're violent. only
2: better because of the writing. But I, I did like three as well. But like, yeah,
1: I did like three too. Yeah, but yeah. New Vegas is better, yeah, but New I
0: still feel better. like like the history would not have gone that differently if they called Fallout New Vegas Fallout Four.
1: Does Morrowind to Skyrim count?
0: Ooh, that's a good jump. But you had Oblivion in between the two, and even that oh, was a yeah. big jump too. I I think oh Oblivion god, Oblivion existed. Oblivion looked so freaking cool <laughs> in Oblivion screenshots was like one of back then. Best there. ones. I I played. You got to mod it. Got to mod it, Liam. You got to mod all of them. <laughs>
1: I
2: played that's on 360 true. and got like all the achievements. Man, I does, could still probably pull Super, it up now.
1: Does Super Smash Brothers for Wii U to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate
0: count? That's a small jump. Yeah, that actually is what yet, I would.
1: It's a massive jump when you play the game, like the feel. In- Gameplay
0: wise, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's so different. It and it's like- such a better game. It's so much better as well. Also, this is favorite, so I can do what I want. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that that's definitely a jump. They, why would Smash Brothers one, two, three would would sound dumb for Smash Brothers, right? Like melee yeah, bra, that Smash sounds Brothers way Brothers better. Yeah. Ultimate.
0: Mm. Mm. They should call the next one punch. And then the next one after that smack.
2: No, no. Ultimate needs to be the last. Smash
0: Brothers one. Smack. <laughs> Smash Brothers Crystal
1: Math.
0: Oscar G says Oh, this is always always good to see how our opinion changes throughout the weeks from this question. Oscar G asks, What's the dead genre or mechanic that you guys wish would come back? I don't know how dead it is, but I am craving a good uh, city builder game right now. I I wish there was more competition going on in the city builder space.
1: Is there not? I mean, there's tons of like factory build, like Factorio and uh, <laughs> resource management based stuff where you build cities and factories. Frostbite. In
0: Factorio, you're not you're not building a, a beautiful metropolis though.
1: No, but you're building like a beautiful factory.
0: Eh, it doesn't have the same feel.
1: I wish more... I wish a new genre of game that's happening, it would happen more Often. rather than yeah. other mm-hmm. stuff coming out. Preach, brother. Is, yeah. Which is more like social game stuff. Like, uh, almost like local multiplayer is new generation. Like, people together with, like, different devices doing things like there's this game i saw on twitter the other day which was like it's, it was based around silent discos do you know what that is Mm-mm. it's a silent disco where, where people go to like a disco and a dj is playing music oh yeah. Headphones yeah and there's like different channels you can do but the way this game works is that say you're playing with like six people everybody's listening to music right but there's only one other person listening to the same song as you and you have oh. to try and figure out <laughs> who the person is by, you know, dancing and then trying to figure out like the way they're moving and the, and the way they're uh, interacting and stuff like that. If they are dancing to the same song as you. And it looked amazing and it looked really fun. That's actually pretty more, good. Yeah. yeah. More like social stuff like that, like Sebastian Johansson's Joust. I really <laughs> wish more stuff like that would happen.
2: Yeah, I, I play Jackbox a lot with yeah,
1: friends. Jackbox, mm-hmm. Jackbox is such a good example. It's such of this. a good I example. More, I want more stuff like that. Like almost board game level Gosh. of in, local interactivity, but you can do it in a video game way. Only video games can create.
0: I'm. I'm so happy that Jackbox kind of caught on with the normie crowd, like in a mainstream oh, it's, way, you know? Oh, it's so oh yeah, yeah. Because so, so, it keeps so coming
2: good. out with new yeah. games. Yeah, like guys. And, and, and
0: everyone can play them. Like there's no entry learning curve.
2: Sons and daughters. It's if you <laughs> have parties, you got people coming over the house, get that game. You will not yeah. be sorry.
0: It's It's so nice being able to play a game with like a room full of normies who don't play games.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's very easy, and everyone uses their phone. So you know, get that guy or girl out of the corner who keeps keeps like <laughs> using their phone and not doing anything to get involved. Yeah, it really uh brings the party together with a few drinks. But yeah,
1: well, more games like that. Sorry, that didn't answer his question. But
2: yeah, um, well,
0: I would love to climb is...
2: monsters again.
0: <laughs> love to, what, to monsters,
2: like Dragon's Dogma. I would uh, love to climb monsters again. Like monster how monster
0: climbing games. <laughs> that is kind of a little mini genre, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> monster monster game. climbers, like like uh, Monster Hunter.
0: It's not, it's not the same Monster dead Hunter, mechanic. Dragon's Dogma. There's some indies that that did the concept too, climbing <sighs> on top of giant bosses.
2: I, I would love harder RPGs to come out, like harder. um uh in-depth um customization when it comes down to your skills and stuff like i feel like things have gotten way too easy (laughs) recently. like everything is just easy i mean back then you should do some crazy builds man whatever that's not gonna that's not gonna it's not gonna come back ever you know i do enjoy some easy stuff every once in a while though so i'm
0: i'm looking forward to uh the new stuff next couple years of, of vr oh me too me too bro yeah, me too. go through the pc library and whatever whatever maybe rides maybe the coattails me too. Alex. dude
2: dude oh we can all play
1: we can all play oh, snap. maybe me too no. so
2: when you get one we have to play rec room we have to play a lot of stuff together oh, yes god <laughs>
1: you got, when you guys you got come your... to japan we can play of course smash brothers but also jackbox
2: i gotta practice smash brothers man you I haven't played in so long.
0: Well, we'll, yeah, we'll talk before we either. play Smash Brothers, but but I all the other stuff, yes.
1: <laughs> we have to talk? We do that do you every remember,
0: week. Do you remember <laughs> what happened last
1: time, though? Yeah, you, I you poked you very me. Angry. You poked
0: me in the butt. You sexually poked me on stream. In front of everyone.
1: Is this, is this after I completely and utterly wrecked <laughs> him in Smash Brothers? Oh my god. All right.
0: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw dun, in dun. a sensor <laughs> beep in that dun, one and, then, dun, and then, dun, I wish music. I was local so I can
2: actually practice against you cuz over the internet so sits. yeah
0: so, so. <laughs>